Hey everybody, you're listening to Quarter Circle Backboard, a solo show dedicated to the sports that you like and the video games that I like live, not from the bottom of the student center at uh, KCOU Studios, but in my closet, actually. Because <laughs> um, folks, they're not letting me into the student center. They're not letting anybody into the student center. We're kind of strapped in here on the count of this uh, COVID-19, but to help me get through this, I brought a guest on right here. What's up, Andy? Hey, how you doing? I'm also uh, broadcasting from my closet. <laughs> uh, yeah, the problem with our rooms are they aren't very uh, acoustically sound, if that's the correct term. Like, they aren't super conductive to a uh, audio recording sort of deal. So here we are. Uh, yeah, this could be great. I can feel it in my bones. And if it's not, uh, I can blame Andy for being too quiet. Have you seen the uh, picture of Ira Glass um, recording an episode of um, This American Life, but he's, like, in his closet and, like, all of his clothes are, like, draped over him? Um, well, that's kind of the standard issue way to record if you go through the, what's it called, KBIA discipline. Here at Mizzou, they'll be like, oh, yeah, if you, like, can't get, like, um, a room or whatever here at the studio or whatever with all, like, the fancy small soundproof rooms and all that just just do it in your closet so yes, for that's what you, doing. for those of you who don't know for the stay-at-home podcaster and otherwise broadcasting person um closets very small closets full of clothes are what you want to do for soundproofing yeah just, just a small tip and i got a bunch of like foam stuff on like the very top of my closet too which i don't know how that works I don't know why that's there, but it's been there is since that foam I moved or is in. It, is that foam yeah. or is it fiberglass? It's uh, just like foam. Weird foam. No, it's not like fiberglass. Also, a new Run the Jewel song is coming out in five minutes, apparently. As I'm, <laughs> as we... I'm scrolling through Twitter right now, I just saw from uh, Killer Mike, at Killer Mike on Twitter. Five minutes and you run the jewels. Ooh. Friend of the show, Killer Mike. <laughs> Killer Mike, come on the show. We can talk about the Falcons or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's kick it off with how we usually kick the show off with some football and football-related activities. Um, we are knee-deep into the new year of the NFL. Not the season, mind you. Just like the year of business transactions as a whole. All that stuff started on schedule without delay, really. I'm pretty sure there wasn't a delay. Everything started on time, despite everything else being sort of locked down and quarantined and that kind of stuff. I think yeah, we talked about I think oh, we talked ahead. about um, some of the things that happened early in like free agency. I'm pretty sure we talked about what did we talk about last, not last week, two weeks ago? I guess it was last week. What did we talk about last week? Last week in the now lost episode of Cordial Circle Backboard. I'll go um, get it at some point. I'll try to twist some arms, see if I can get in there. You're going to embark on online an, somewhere. Embark on an Indiana Jones style adventure for that episode of Quarter Circle Backboard, which also features me. Yep. Calling and, in from and my friend of the show and friend in real life, Brian of the Woods. And. Shout out to uh, Contact Cube. Anyways, um, we talked about the Amari Cooper deal. Talked about that. Talked about that extension. We talked about... We talked about Prescott getting the franchise tag, I think. Yeah. We talked about... 
I think we talked about Diggs going to. Um, no, we didn't. We talked about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That's what we talked about. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, so. the stuff on Diggsling did not happen until later that night, after oh, we I recorded, gotcha. because yeah, that's you know podcasters' luck, I suppose. But yeah, uh, Stefan Diggs got uh, got traded. Yeah, he did get traded. Who did he get traded to? He got traded to the Buffalo Bills in exchange for, I think, a first-round pick. You want to take a look at that? Um, we're going to take a look at the stats on that trade. Uh, yeah, sure. Here, I'll pull it up. You can vamp. Yeah, no problem. You're going to pull it up? Trade. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up. All right. Fine with the me. Buffalo Bills acquired the Vikings receiver and a 2027th round pick. Which is close, means close in, to nothing. In exchange for a 2020 first round pick, number 22 overall, a 2020 fifth round pick, and a 2026 round pick, and a 2021 fourth round pick. So, the Vikings got a pretty handsome haul for uh, Stefan Diggs. Not nearly like as good as his like talent replacement level. There's no like replacement level equivalent stat or metric in football really so I'm just going to say whatever pick they got was not really analogous to the type of player that Stefan Diggs is maybe if that pick was closer to the front of the NFL draft where they could draft like I don't know like a Justin Jefferson or a Jerry Judy or someone like that maybe you could make the argument that oh you can just you know get a replacement from one of these top receivers but the Bills went to the playoffs, man. They got they went to the wild card game. Did they win the wild card game? No. But still, um That wasn't a super high first round pick, really, which I mean I know Stefan Diggs really wanted out of Minnesota. Uh can you blame him really? I wouldn't. It's yeah, cold I, up there. Yeah, no, and on top <laughs> and on top of that, you got a funky looking quarterback that you're always dealing with who got like a two-year extension worth like 30 million or something Ooh, they uh, love kirk up there yeah i'm gonna have love to, him i'm gonna have to look up the actual splits of the kirk cousins extension but they were something stupid and i think that's what spawned stefan diggs being like yeah i'm out of here and so yeah now he gets to play with the buffalo Bills. the contract extension was worth 66 million over two years so that's 30-ish million per year, plus or minus Perfect some time. contract incentives and all that. So, Perfect time for a rebuild. Yeah. God. Christ almighty. Um, this isn't the first time that uh, Stefan Diggs has sort of made it known that he is not a fan of the way things are going in Minnesota. He's kind of been that guy to sort of let his feelings out about how he feels about the quarterback situation, how he feels about the offense, how he feels about the team's success. And not all of it is good. Quite the contrary, in fact. Um, It feels like every year we get something from him that's like alluding to the fact that, oh, man, I'm going to force my way out of here via trade. Then everyone's like, ah, no, man, that's not going to happen. You always do this. And then this time Stefan Diggs was like, yeah. This time it's different. And it was different. And he made a lateral improvement as far as, like, team quality. That was going to be my next question. So, Bills have a better defense than 
the Vikings. Well, definitely uh, now because like the Vikings have gouged most of their defense at this point. I feel like, and their like number three option is like a check down to CJ Ham or whatever <laughs> in the past. Um, game, so, so when it comes, at least when it comes to like quarterbacking, it looks like it's a lateral move to Josh Allen in lieu of Kirk Cousins. Um, so, I don't know where I was going with this thought. However, I think because um, Allen is so young, and now he has like a really solid like group of receivers to throw to, I think his ceiling would be much higher um, than Kirk Cousins right now. Oh yeah, now. Allen by far has a stronger arm than Kirk Cousins. Does that, does that always equal success? Not really, but I'm going to take a gander that with Stefan Diggs as your wide receiver one, um, Josh Allen's sort of stock is going to improve greatly, I feel like. It's going yeah, to give least... us... here. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's going to give us the illusion that um, Josh Allen has improved probably more than he actually has. You know what I mean? I get what you mean. Just having someone like Stefan Diggs is probably one of the best wide receivers of this sort of generation of wide receivers up there with like your, you know, your Antonio Browns and all them. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see in how this sort of offense works now that it's a little, it's a little bit less, you know, relying on establishing the run. And now that you have like a bona fide threat and Stefan Diggs, it, I could definitely see a few games last season where if the Bills had somebody like Stefan Diggs uh, catching passes, that might flip their, you know, that might flip their, you know, odds or chances or their outcomes in some of these games. So, yeah, I'm super interested to see what happens next, at least for the yeah, Bills. Yeah, at, at least that offense is going to be a lot more fun. Um, and, you know, Josh Allen can, you know, really turn on the turbo boots and run, which is another thing that Kirk Cousins typically cannot do. Um, so I don't know. I think it's. I mean, be... we've seen him try. <laughs> there was an attempt. There were a few attempts here and there. That actually, um, on that point you were making about generations of wide receivers, that actually makes me think: what defines a generation of like football players? Oh wow! So um... it makes me because the way you frame that, it makes it feels weird to consider like Antonio Brown and Stefan Diggs in like the same quote unquote generation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, how long has Diggs been an NFL player? Uh, let's see. And if you want to look up how long Antonio Brown's been around, you can do that if you want. Oh, heck yeah, divide and conquer. Let's see. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's been here since like 2015. Yeah, he has okay. been around since 2015. Antonio Brown, NFL career. 2018 was the first season in which Stefan Diggs broke the 1,000-yard uh, uh, receiving sort of thing. Okay, the Steelers drafted Antonio Brown in 2010. I feel like those are two separate generations. You think the five-year You think the five-year split is enough? Yeah, I think it is. Um, well, well, what other wide receivers were around in 2010? Well, let's look. 20... I mean, you got your um, Deshaun Jacksons. You got your... Uh, Jeremy Macklin's. Yeah, yeah. You know what? On further, yeah, on further review, Stefan Diggs might be. I don't know. 
like this new generation. I don't know. Uh, I'm not smart enough to quantify what constitutes as a generation. I just threw that out there. Okay, but, so now yeah. I'm at the I'm at the Pro Football Reference page for the 2010 NFL Draft, and so it says here Super Bowl champion Green Bay Packers. Tom Brady was the MVP. You, okay, who was the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year? 2010. Yeah, or uh, 29, I guess. Deshaun Jackson. 2000. Nope. Hmm. You're not gonna get this. Well, you might, but um, he was a okay. So the year of the 2010 NFL Draft, he ended up being the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. Any more guesses? Uh, what position was he? Quarterback. Oh Jesus. Um. <laughs> was it Mark Sanchez? Sam Bradford. Oh my God, I was close. <laughs> I was kind of close. <laughs> I figured it was like one of these scrubby quarterbacks. Yep. So yeah, in that generation. Oh man, Kansas City drafted Eric Berry in that draft. Yeah, man. Twenty-one years old. Man. Yep. Tennessee okay, legend. so Go balls, baby. Okay, so here are other um, here are other wide receivers in that draft. You've got Demarius Thomas, okay. Des Bryant. Right. So I feel like when it comes to like generations of wide receivers, this is of their own like generation. I think. Okay. So well, let's see what other wide receivers are on here. Na 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 na. Lots of dudes I haven't heard of. Dexter McCluster. Yeah, Chiefs legend Dexter McCluster. But yeah, you see what I mean. I feel like when it comes to generations of like football players, it's like I feel like four or five years is a good like separator. Okay. Sorry, I was just like fixating on this chart of uh, the 2019 Miami Pit game. <laughs> oh, Emmanuel Sanders was this year too. Yep. There's some oh, this was the time. this was the year where Denver drafted Tim Tebow as well. That's fun. Good for good for Tim Tebow. Anyways, um, what else happened? Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, Jacksonville uh, traded Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears. That's what happened. That's the thing that happened. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Uh, yep. So, congratulations, Chicago. You have uh, Clipboard Jesus, I guess. Or maybe you have a starting quarterback, which, I don't know. I don't know how good I would feel. Honestly. So, you have a you have a um, Alex Smith-style mentor to your budding rookie quarterback. <laughs> congratulations, Chicago. Congratulations. That's a great situation. Nope. Gotta love it. Shoot, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this is a strange time to do a move that they should have done two years ago. Yeah. Well, not even for Nick Foles, really, because he wasn't the only quarterback looking for, like, a sort of trade, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah. There were other quarterbacks on the market. Um, with one we will we will get to in a little bit. Um, after we're done roasting Chicago for continuing to be in quarterback quarterback hell. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's gone on for so long. 
Is like, it purgatory or is it hell? It's it, dude. It's hell. You know who their quarterback was in their Super Bowl attempt? Fucking Rex Grossman. Gross, man. Yeah, get a calculator. Do the math. You know who got it? You know who got him in that Super Bowl? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Rex Grossman? <laughs> but who yeah. was it? Uh, it was their defense, dude. Brian Urlacher was on that team. Oh right. Okay, I got you. I I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Have you seen Brian Urlacher lately? Dude is like no. trying heavy to like get the hair back or get hair at all. God. <laughs> Google Brian Urlacher hair and then just just go with God from there, my man. I don't know if I'll be walking with God in this search, but uh, no, I, I sure didn't when I saw it. A lack thereof was also noted. Anyways, so there was that. I'm trying to remember if we talked about Tom Brady on last week's episode, or is this Tampa was Tom? That, or yeah, if this was something that happened like the day after. I think they were just talking about like the intricacies of the contract or whatever. But yeah, uh, Tom Brady is now the I guess the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers, which I mean, I think he's getting more money there in like his first contract than any contract he got with uh, the Patriots. So right now, Tom is in sort of like chase the bag mode, uh, whether or not that, I don't know, that money becomes worth it for him because there is a, uh, <laughs> if you looked at uh, Bruce Arians' uh, playbook, I don't think that and I don't think that playbook and Tom Brady are going to be as compatible as Tampa fans might want to hope. Because there are like plays in there where there's there's just like no check down option. <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> there's at least like a handful of plays where it requires the passer to make a big play, I guess, if that makes any sense. Or it's more like the onus is more on the quarterback. And I feel like at this age, at this time, in the state of his arm, Tom Brady's just gonna be like Where's my check down? And then it's just not gonna be there. He will have Mike Evans though, so that's gonna be fun. Yeah, you're gonna. I'm pretty see, sure he's gonna have Mike Evans. You're gonna see a billion checkdowns to Godwin and Mike Evans, and just hope and pray to God that they break enough tackles. Oh no, they're gonna, they're not gonna be the checkdown guys. They're gonna be like all the way down the field. <laughs> they're not even gonna be open for that. That's what I mean. Like your like number one and two options are not gonna be even like close to like checkdown territory. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to put some sauce on it. If you're gonna want to make those plays work, Peyton Barber, how can you catch a ball? We're gonna find out. <laughs> we're, we're gonna find out quickly. And if not, uh, this will be funny either way. Um, yeah, I don't know what that. I honestly do not know what Tom Brady on the Buccaneers is gonna look like. It could be ugly. It could be just fine. I don't know. Tom Brady's smart. He'll figure out something. Bruce Arians also a pretty smart offensive mind. I feel like they'll get something together, but if they don't, uh, don't say we didn't warn you. Who's we? Everyone? Yeah. You know, the people who watch football. Yeah. That makes me wonder what's going to happen to a one Mr. Famous Jameis Winston. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent right now. I mean, if only the XFL was still a thing. Yeah. Do, do you think? Wait, who do you think would be in the XFL? Jameis or Brady? Uh, Jameis. Jameis. Oh my God, he would just annihilate the XFL. Just completely dominate it. <laughs> no kidding. 
Um, so, you know what is going to get ugly, though, about Brady's tenure in uh, Tampa Bay? If he gets a starting job, he probably will. Um, it's the fact that he has to play um, the Saints twice. Um, oh. So, picture this. What do you think Sean Payton is going to tell his defense to do to Tom Brady when he comes to the Superdome with the Bucks? What uh, do you think is going to happen? Something sinister, I feel like. Something just beyond the pale unspeakable. Dude, they're going to bring a fu- they're gonna, they're going to bring a gun, dude. <laughs> they're going to shoot Tom Brady. Parody, parody, parody. Parody. Eh, eh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Satire, humor. It's going to get ugly. Wait. Wait, what's this is a podcast. This isn't on radio. We are not bound by um FCC regulations. How what what's the language barrier on our podcast? Would you on you would you like cuss. to keep it PG thirteen? You can cuss. Yeah, that's you right, folks. Cuss. Um if you're used to no cussing on regular episodes of Quarter Circle Backboard, or I guess like season two episodes of Quarter Circle Backboard. Uh sorry folks. We're, we're back. We're back in season one mode, baby. We're, we're cussing. We're swearing like sailors, damn it. You're shit out of luck. Yeah, <laughs> you get it. This guy gets it right here. This is classic, classic quarter circle backboard. That's right. Vintage. Vintage. Pop the like cork a fine wine. You can smell it. It's here. Oh. Pour yourself a glass. Let's go. Uh-huh, the French champagne. That's right. Um. You see the Rams got a new logo? Yeah, it looks really bad. It it looks like a credit union logo, my dude. <laughs> it looks like that their logos look like the company that like sponsors the stadium the Rams play in. <laughs> like if they were to have like a sponsor, like this, that's what their logo would be. Just like it's equity firms for the your official sponsor of the Los Angeles Rams. Insert random yeah. equity firm here. Sponsored by their own logo. Yep, yeah, their own damn logo. It looks bad. Uh, okay. Goff and McVeigh Credit Union. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, here's the, let me let me wind that back. It's not the logo is not terrible. I feel like it, I feel like it's like functionally fine. It's like whatever. It'll probably grow on us at some point. But I feel like in a world where the Los Angeles Chargers exist, that should not be the logo of the Los Angeles Rams. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel yeah. like they're like very their logos are very close to converging right now and it feels weird and I don't like it and it needs to They stop. will they will reach the singularity and they will just merge into one team. Yeah, that's oh god. God help you. <laughs> the like. biggest NFL roster of all time. <laughs> um let's see. Anything else big? Oh, I guess Philip Rivers uh is a Indianapolis Colt now. Yep, he now belongs to Indianapolis. I don't know how much of a improvement going from the Chargers to the Colts was. I'm gonna go on a limb and say not very. Not yeah, eight. that's really weird because, like, I mean, the Chargers weren't gonna keep him around. I feel like unless he took like a significant pay cut or was willing to play second fiddle to like Tyrod Taylor or whoever they end up drafting. I feel like the supporting cast and like defense in the Chargers is on par with or at least or at least when it comes to defense better than like the Colts at least last well, yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. Um and this is even with uh Derwin James with a screw in his foot for most of the season. Yeah, I'm and you know their defense only got better. 
Um, it's bizarre. I mean, I guess maybe I think the Colts might be better this year than they were last year. Um, but I mean, I kind of doubt it. I mean, I think while Brissett has problems, he was injured a lot. If I can remember, he was gone for a few games. Uh, maybe. Um, and even and even when he got back, like I, I should I should have consulted my our resident um, friend of the show, Pete Rudin at the Daily Iowan, our re- our resident Indianapolis Colts fan about this. But right. I feel like even when he was back from injury. Brissett's, Brissett was still probably hurt because his production was just not all that good for a lot of it. Um, but I think when it comes to Brissett versus Rivers, I think Rivers is a considerable... I think he could be a considerable downgrade because, um, you know, not getting any younger. He had a severe turnover problem last year. Yeah, his arm was shot. I, I don't know. It's probably going to get worse this year. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this is kind of a head scratcher from head scratcher from the Colts. Same with Rivers too. Like, why would you take? I get the money, but why would you go to a worse team? Like you, you were set up real pretty in Los Angeles with the Chargers and them. Yeah, it could have been like a Peyton Manning Broncos situation where the defense just carried him to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I that's get that with uh, Indianapolis. I mean, that wasn't gonna happen anytime soon with some of the with some of the uh, weapons in the rest of the division. But I see your point. I see your point. I, I mean, well, at least in theory, it could have worked. Right. It so, had a better chance of happening with him on the Chargers than on the Colts. Yep. And we're just gonna put this in a vacuum and pretend that Patrick Mahomes does not exist. Yeah. For now. For now. Yeah. Um. So, the Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater. Did they actually sign him? I thought it was just a rumor that the deal was in the works. Um, it might also be that I'm stupid and I read things once and I'm like, oh, okay, that must be a thing that's happening. So here, let me let me look this up. Panthers. Teddy football is, I guess, in the works with the contract with the uh, Panthers. Assuming they're all the medicals sort of sort themselves out. Okay. As of March 7, 20 hours ago. Yeah. This is Bleacher Report. Okay. Hmm. Anything? Teddy Bridgewater, who reportedly signed on a three-year, $63 million contract. Reportedly. So, is that, like, a thing? Okay, maybe that's what the deal will look like. Um, But, I mean, yeah, it looks like they have replaced um, one Mr. Cam Newton with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy touchdown. Or if not him, uh, Kyle Allen or maybe even a P.J. Walker of a Houston Not Kyle Allen. Not Kyle Allen, because you know what you know what happened to Kyle Allen. Wait, where'd he go? Excuse what? me. He now belongs to Washington. Oh Christ Almighty! I forgot. Here, Kyle. I mean, that's definitely gonna make Dwayne Haskins look better, and maybe that's just what Dwayne Haskins needs. Just needs a puff up. Yep. Sources. 
Um, Washington gets QB Kyle Allen in trade with the Panthers. Okay. That sounds good. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure. Are out we how gonna address that? Are we gonna address the elephant in the room um, when it comes to right when it comes to Carolina? Um, how do you even begin to talk about how they just? Uh, they just absolutely ruined Cam Newton. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: that a Super Bowl team. It, the defense was good, I feel like. It was at least, like, above replacement level. But that offense, like, the weapons Cam Newton had at his disposal were just... There was Greg Olson. You had Greg Olson, which is very nice. And then you had... Yeah. And so that was basically what Cam Newton was working with coming into that sort of Super Bowl. And they almost won. By hook or by crook, they almost won. Coney Ely was going to be Super Bowl MVP if things shook out right, but they did not. Um, Say lovey. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. So, Cam Newton, ringless, disrespected, dejected from his own franchise who refused to, I don't know, competently build their team around him. And now they're like, you know what? You might be damaged goods. We don't want that on our. We don't want that on our conscience right now. We don't want that on our pay, payroll. So you know what? We're just going to release you. And I guess other teams are, around the league are spooked as well because they tried to get a deal going with, I believe, at least at least Chicago, which is what we mentioned earlier. And some yeah, other Chicago teams. and the Chargers, I think. And the Chargers for the second so team. They could not get a proper deal going. So Cam Newton being released into the wild once more. Um, I imagine there'd be some teams out there who should take a flyer on Cam Newton right now. Um, if what his Instagram is to be believed, his foot should be fine, or at least better than it was at the start of the season. And of course, Cam Newton's foot needs to be healthy for Cam Newton, the passer, to be up to snuff with what we expect from him. So there's that. Yeah, let alone Cam Newton, the scrambler, the runner. Cam Newton, the, the everything else. The tank. Um, yeah, um, it just was kind of stupid what we've sort of talked ourselves into with Cam Newton. I feel like quarterbacks get away with a lot in the NFL. I feel like they catch a, they catch a lot of slack for underperforming. Kirk Cousins, I feel like, is one of these guys. Um, Alex Smith for a long time was that guy, and he still couldn't even get her out of like the first round of the playoffs forever until they played like a Brian Hoyer led Houston Texans squad that one year um Philip Rivers as well I mean he still got that reputation for being you know down like five with like a minute 30 left to go in the fourth quarter <laughs> you know what I mean yeah personal hell mode for Rivers um but yeah man Cam Newton, I feel like, has not been allowed the same level of leniency as other quarterbacks who have also underperformed or maybe not played up to the level that people were expecting. And I feel like a lot of this comes from a lack of context. You know what I mean? Like, you can, like, I don't know, go up to football refer uh, pro football reference, pull up the stat sheet at, like, X year with uh, Cam Newton... 
and be like, oh man, if you look at the chart here, this shows a considerable downgrade in this, that, and the third. He was injured that year, but yeah, this is a downgrade without really looking at what he had around him. You know what I mean? Yeah, what he had around him, how his team managed his injuries. Because, you know, they were still, like, in win-now mode for those years. Yeah, so a lot of it was just thrown came in and out there, hobbled. He was still doing fine, still doing good. And he damn near won that playoff game against New Orleans, with a team that was considerably worse than the last time they had playoff success. And they still almost won that game by hook or by crook. So, I think, that was, I think that was like two years ago. That was two years ago. Boy, how find, time flies. I feel like it's hard to believe, if you're like a football fan, that Cam Newton is like so far away from his prime. I feel like we're like just getting around to it. Or we're at least in like the dead heat of his prime. Like, he's not even 30 yet. He's like 28 or something like that. Are you serious? I'm pretty sure he's like 28. Good lord. Let me, let me do the calcs real quick. I'm pretty sure he's like 28. He's 30, actually, so rewind that. But still, he's 30! Yeah, That's he's like, got at least, like, six more good years. Or at least four or something like that. And that could be something that a lot of uh, NFL teams could really use. Like, right now, my biggest fear is that the Chargers take a flyer on him, even though they didn't buy it a trade. Just because, you know, they didn't have to give anything up for Cam Newton. But I don't want Cam Newton to find out he's still got it while he plays for the Chargers. Because picture any of these past, any of these Chargers teams in the past five years, but replace Phillip Rivers with Cam Newton. Picture, yeah, I if mean, if, I mean, replace Cam, re, Rivers with Cam Newton and, you know, they lose the Mexico City game. They probably lose again in Arrowhead last year. I mean, it's pretty frightening. I mean, even though the Chargers don't have, like, Melvin Gordon anymore, um, because now he is on the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. Um, we kind of forgot to mention. You know, with Cam Newton in a pretty solid offense, um, you know, with Eckler and um, Keenan Allen, insane defense. You know, it's really remarkable what that Chargers team, team could probably do. Yeah, so that's a team that could definitely take a flyer. Um, another popular one that gets floated around is um, the Patriots. The New England Patriots. Which, uh, if you want to talk about teams who, if you replace a quarterback, that might go soaring and flying, buddy. You talk about replacing Tom Brady with Cam Newton. Oh, Lord oh boy. Yeah. Lord, no. Please, no. No, thank you. I get why people who are, like, Panthers fans slash former Panthers fans and Cam Newton fans want to see Cam on the Patriots because, you know, Belichick is an incredibly smart guy, um, knows how to build a team around, like, almost any circumstance. Um, and there's no doubt that Cam has potential to flourish in um, in New England with, under someone someone as smart as Belichick. But uh, I like um, I like my AFC team, um, and I don't want to see them get stomped on by the Patriots, even even a Cam Newton led Patriots, yeah. Patriots squad. So 
He can he can stay in the NFC, please. Please. Yeah, I'd be fine with that, frankly. That'd be awesome. Yeah. He could do that. Um, I think that's all we had for football talk. What else happened in football football landia? Nothing? Pretty sure nothing important happened or anything of consequence. Oh, I guess Robbie Anderson. Uh Oh, that's right. The Panthers went and signed Robbie Anderson. I was like, I was looking at like their personnel sheet. I was like, man, this would be a really fun team if only they had a good quarterback. Oh well. If only they had a quarterback to like, I don't know, assist in having like all those offensive threats. Oh well. Oh well. I mean, I I know what it is. The Panthers saw how well Bridgewater did when he was picking up the slack for Breeze when he was injured, and they're like, okay, this is a guy who could. Most this is like a stolid, stable guy um, who would be a really good fit for our team because you know, recent success came back from injury while his the knee exploding thing was like the big question mark when it came to Mr. Bridgewater. But you know, I feel like even with like um, even in a place where you don't have like as many offensive weapons as you do, I feel like when you take Bridgewater and put him in Carolina, you have a better um, you have better pieces around him. You know, with like Caffrey, um, Curtis Samuel, guys like that. True. Uh, let's see. I think that's, yeah, everything that has to do with football. Um, before we head to over to like the video game segment, uh, I just want to like relitigate the fact that Ole Miss really put out a fundraising request for uh, wills and trust donations in the middle of a pandemic. Just want to throw that out there. Do you see that? Um, can you send a link? Send um, a link to the me tweet on... is probably long time deleted by now, but yeah, Ole Miss in a statement to uh, donators and like trust guys and boosters and all that, uh, they wanted fans to sort of put a caveat in their will that allots a certain amount of money to Ole Miss in the event that they perish. Oh my god, are you serious? Yes, I am. <laughs> what the heck? I, it was probably one of the wildest things I saw yesterday. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Oh I, man. I could, That's, yeah. That'll be me, but instead of like putting, putting like all of my um, money and assets. Instead of giving that to my school, like you know Iowa or something like that, or Mizzou or anything like that, I would just have it all sent to um, uh, Oklahoma Joe's barbecue. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm sending it to Joe's. I'm sending it to Gates. I'm sending it to <laughs> equally distributed around Kansas City barbecue joints. Oh, that's right. They're, they're the ones. Not Q39 though. Not Q39 though. They're they're fine. They don't need my money. They, they have really great. They have really great food, but they have plenty of money. They don't need it. They don't need us. They don't need that money. Shut the gates, though. They're on the um, Kansas, they're on the Kansas side. Yeah, they got all the money they can want. They're swimming in it. Swimming in it. They're, yeah, just chilling on the state line where people just fucking sweat money. You you hit someone who lives on state line, coins fly out of their pocket. <laughs> I was about to do that. There. Oh, you slap him and coins fall out. Of, <laughs> coins fall out of their sleeve. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. Um. Talk about Doom Eternal for a little bit. Okay, while I so stretch out because I'm very cramped in this closet. All right, so I picked up Doom Eternal. I think the day after it 
came out. Um, so you played Doom. You played Doom, right, Chris? Correct. I you beat it, it actually. You beat the, beat the game. Yes, that game fucking rules. You know what else really fucking rules? Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal. So did you it beat rules. Doom One? No, I didn't beat Doom One. I. You want to know how I it ends? Rem- I mean, it doesn't take like a huge imagination to determine what happens between like Doom and Doom Eternal, I guess. Um, it's weird because I I don't remember like what boss it was because I don't remember like an Ice Planet or anything, but it was like the second like boss bossy fight. Okay. So like the, the two like uh, guard guys. Maybe. Cyber demon. I don't remember. The what demon? The cyber demon. After the cyber demon. Okay. I beat the cyber demon. In Doom One. Yeah, in Doom One. Sorry, I'm like I'm like not paying attention. I'm in not pay attention mode. But yeah, you beat the cyber demon. That's a fun fight. Anyway, uh, I got pretty close. I got pretty close to beating Doom, and then I lost all of my save data, and I was like, okay. Uh, uh, okay. No, thank you. Anyways, so you get the crucible, right? I don't think I did get the Crucible. Okay. Well, maybe I did. Oh, fuck. See, I don't. Re- it's hard to remember because it's been a while. The last time I played regular Doom was in my old apartment. Okay. So let me break it down apartment. for you. The Crucible. You get the Crucible and you drain. Uh, you go back to hell, and then you sort of drain hell energy from inside hell to sort of like close the portal. Oh, by the way, you get back to hell by uh, exploding Vega. By shutting I him think down. I, re- I think I remember doing that. Okay, so you shut down Vega. You use the Crucible to like suck the energy out of like these fountains, and then you fight Olivia Pierce. But she is like a giant crab brain demon. So that fight Maybe is actually pretty it- short. Hmm. And then you do that. Congratulations, you beat the game. And then you go back to Earth or Mars, and then you end up in like. You end up like trapped in like this sort of like I don't know holding, holding chamber, or whatever, or like this tank or whatever. And then Samuel Hayden shows up and comes and takes the crucible from you. He's like, "Sorry, man, you know how it is in these streets." And then he he fucking turns it on. And it's the goddamn sword from those Doom Eternal trailers. Oh, this whole time, okay. so yeah, that that's basically what the crucible was. It was like the Doom sword. I feel like an idiot for not knowing, like coming into that trailer. But hey, man. I guess I should be the game, but yeah, that's basically where it ends off, and then, yeah, I guess we'll find out what happened to Mr. Samuel Hayden in Doom Eternal, I guess, I don't know. I'm going to play yeah, it eventually, I'm probably going to play it sometime next month, because, shoot, I got time. You got time? I got time. Got time. Okay, so, the thing about Doom Eternal is there's already, like, so much more variety in it than you get in like the entirety of the first Doom game in Doom 2016. Um, so you get like, you know, the like the fireball guys, you get like the soldier kind of guys. Also, one thing about the soldiers, like the soldier like grunt like demon types, they have like the, I think they have like the BJ Blazkowicz like um, buzz cut, which I think is really funny. That is kind of um, funny. But anyway, um, you get some really interesting new uh, demon types to fight. Um, you get some really cool um, new weapons. 
um the like the super shotgun now has like a meat hook that you can use to like grapple onto enemies and pull you like close to them that's pretty sick um you have like a you can do some neat like um acrobatic like platforming kind of stuff um you get a dash which is really fucking fun to use in a fight because it feels like that's one of the things that doom 2016 was like missing i feel like everything started to click for me in the first real boss fight of that game um because you're in like this very you're in this like insane like twitch shooter like arena kind of thing with all these like speed uh, speed boost pads and all of that and you're trying to keep track of like two kind of like boss enemies right. and you have to keep track of like everything else around you as well so you're just always on the move always going super duper fast it's really fun oh um and another thing is that you can use your chainsaw pretty much all the time now because the first pip of like chainsaw use like refills automatically hmm or it refills like over a pretty like short amount of time so if you're if you ever like run low on ammo which you're gonna do a lot of in this game you can just easily just chainsaw dude and just, just get, get that ammo back. back and get to work um yeah and another thing is immediately like even in, like the old weapons like you know just like the regular shotgun they immediately give you like ways to upgrade them and do like crazy cool shit with them um one piece of advice i'll give you when you start the game um get the sticky bomb attachment for the shotgun um because that's like the most useful okay um, especially when it comes to like hitting enemy weak points, which right. is another big part of this game. Okay. Um, what else should I say? Um, the environments are super fun. Um, I like the, I like that you have like a little hub world to look around and, um, I like some of the Easter eggs on the computer where a uh, doom guy keeps like a, a folder full of like his favorite kills. <laughs> favorite kills yeah. compilation or something like that yeah it's it's super fun um there's a lot of stuff in this game so far that makes me really look forward to what could happen next i'm not gonna spoil like some of like the new mechanics okay or the new like set piece scenes um but it's really interesting and you can tell they're just having a ton of fun with like the foundation they built in doom 2016 um i'm really excited to see what happens next in the game um yeah, it's just really, really fun. I like, I'm right now, I like it more than I like um, Doom 2016 at this point. And another thing that is really impressive is that, like, the glory kills, they still find a way to, like, impress you with how creative and, like, how, <laughs> like how, like, how gruesome they are. All right. Because it's like, you know, after playing, like, a ton of, like, Doom 2016, I feel like, okay, I've kind of seen them all. I've seen, like, all the permutations. Nope. <laughs> Even with, like, enemy types that have already existed, you st they still find ways to, like, surprise you. And it's really fun. I love Doom Eternal. It's really great. When I got it, I played it for a good, like, three, four-hour stretch. And then I went, like, straight to... Um, uh, Madden 2020 and played like another four or five hours of that and so by the time I was done that day I was like I can't look at a screen any longer 
I need to put a blanket over my face and rest. I don't know how people who like do these 24 hour plus like streams manage to do it. It's crazy. So let's talk about Animal Crossing. <laughs> let's talk about Animal Crossing. Um, at some point I'm going to get Doom Eternal. I'm going to have my own thoughts about it. Probably be similar to Andy's, so we're keeping it a stack. But yeah, uh, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing New Horizons. I've been playing it every day since it came out. No, I guess because you kind of have to. And it's a slow burn, but I'm trying. I'm starting to like get the hang of it. Like I feel like the first week is designed to be like a tutorial, just like get you through, like how the intricacies of like the game works. If that makes any sense? Yeah. And so. You don't start out with everything at once. You sort of have to, like, build your way up to that. Like, once you get... Uh, as soon as, like, you get to the museum, I feel like you should have, like, every, like, thing you need to, like, harvest resources and explore the island. Like, I don't think you get a shovel or a ladder or, like, a pole vaulting thing until, like, day three? Okay. But... Day three or four? But, yeah. It's, um... Yeah, right now I'm really digging the, really digging vibes. I'm really digging like the whole HD Animal Crossing type deal. Really fun. They do a lot of, I don't know, fun stuff graphically. Things look cool. I like, you know, the sound design. It's very, you know, very mellow, very chill. I know there's only, you know, one music track that plays over and over right now, but that's supposed to change when you get the town hall or so I'm told. Oh. So I see. Yeah. So to go back to playing a different song every hour which is one of the things I really liked about New Leaf and other Animal Crossing games. Um, hey, Chris, I have a quick question. Shoot. What is Animal Crossing? Um. Okay, so here's the deal. Just for this game or just in general? In general. Um, you're just a common villager. You move somewhere new into like a town or whatever, or in this case, an island and you need a place to live so you buy a house or you buy or you get a loan to purchase a house and get one built for you from tom nook and so most of the game is spent with you trying to pay off your house loan with the expectation that you will probably build more on top of your house expand it add more rooms things like that i think there is a certain level to which you can stop building but yeah, most of the most of the central conceit is just like doing tasks all around the all around your town or island or whatever, doing stuff for fellow villagers, hanging out, having a good time. There's no like hard time limit on anything. There's no like hard like linear per path to progression or like path to victory in Animal Crossing. It's just you and your little villager friends and your shops, and you're just chilling, having a good time. Is there like a hard mode of Animal Crossing where you get the loan to purchase that house in 2007? Not from what I could tell, but I imagine at some point Nintendo will like let their hair down, flex their muscles and be like, all right, let's do, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's put a housing bubble in our, uh, Animal Crossing economy. <laughs> That's that's like a great like forum username like Animal Crossing Housing Crisis. Yeah. Oh, um, and yeah, right now I'm super into turnips. 
Okay, so here's the thing with Animal Crossing. They have stocks. They have a stock market. Okay. But not directly. Um, there is a lady every Sunday that will show up to your town and sell you turnips for a set amount of prices. You can't eat it. You can display them, though. And the central conceit is you can sell them for more money throughout the week because the prices on turnips per head change um, per day. So you can't sell any on Sunday because they don't want you to be like, sell all your turnips, then come back, sell some more, yada, yada, yada. Unless Not you do Lord's like time. Day. Unless you like time skip or whatever, which you can do that. There's nothing stopping you from doing that, but yeah. Um. It's very complicated, or not very complicated. It's very uh, hair-raising because right now I'm just like, I don't know, in like my free time I'm like scrolling through like a subreddit that like deals in like, it's like a stock exchange, almost, <laughs> but for like Animal Crossing turnips, so. And like, there'll be someone who's like, hey, my island is like selling turnips at like 400 bells. And then within like 10 minutes, you got like 60 people like lining up being like, can I come in, can I come in, can I come in? So, right now, it's all... I feel like my strategy going forward is going to be... If there is somebody... If within, like, the span of, like, half an hour, there are people who are selling bells at, like, 400, and then at maybe, like, 250 or 300, I'm going to the person who's selling for 200 or 300. You know what I mean? I get what you mean. I get what you mean. So, you can't get all the money you'd probably hope for, but you can get a good amount. So... Playing the long game. That's right get there eventually that so, is yeah. incredibly fascinating that this is all happening within the framework of the new animal crossing video game oh yeah the economy in animal crossing is kind of crazy this is some stuff you would expect from like eve online or that kind of shit <laughs> or like elite dangerous yeah but that level of stuff is happening in, an in, in, animal crossing, in the dude. beloved family friendly animal crossing yep that's crazy yep uh let's see we're at 54 minutes you want to call it a day from here um, sure, and there's nothing else you want to talk about. Um, I can't really think of anything. Also, I really have to use the bathroom. <laughs> oh, well. Also, I'm tired of being trapped in my closet. Shout R. Kelly. Well, um, no, no, don't shout out R. Kelly. Yeah, I can't He's shout out. not a friend. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Core Circle Backboard, a.k.a. the Core Circle Backboard Closet Tapes, Volume 1. Uh, I'm Chris Mitchell. That was Andy Mitchell, here talking to you about the sports that you like and the video games that we like. Maybe next week we'll have something more to talk about in the realm of football, maybe video games, maybe even basketball if we're lucky. But yeah, uh, as far as now, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will try to see you sometime next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and goodbye.